Your Vote Matters, a Beat News referendum special. I'm voting no, partly because there's so many questions that remain unanswered. What is a durable relationship? When does it begin? When does it end? What are the implications for tax, guardianship, homes, division of farms, businesses, welfare, pensions, all of that? Nobody seems to be able to answer these questions. And on the care amendment, I want the acknowledgement that's currently given to women and mothers in the home to be kept. I feel as a carer that we need to be recognised and more valued. You know, currently we're not recognised anywhere. We fight constantly for services and uh, and stuff for our children, and we don't get any. We don't get get that recognition. And I think when we're a carer, we lose our ident- identity. We seem that we feel less than you know when in society. And I think we need to be valued more by putting in this recognition of care now into our constitution we believe that really underpins future policies and legislation where we can really recognize and value care and supports for disabled people it is actually useful and that the these organizations are coming out and, and stating very clearly that there is a major weakness uh, within the government's uh, amendment and that there are problems with it If you've got questions over the looming referendum, you're not the only one. Here at Beat, we want to break down the ballot box and help you in the lead up to March 8th, when you'll be asked for your say on not one, but two amendments to our constitution. We're taking a look at both sides of the two separate votes, what they mean to people in Ireland and the impact of those votes when everyone has had their say. First up in this referendum special, Porik takes us back to the very beginning. He tells us what all the fuss is about. What are the people of Ireland being asked to amend? You might have heard that this referendum will change our constitution. But how much do you actually know about the constitution in the first place? Well, first of all, it's the highest source of law in Ireland and it cannot be edited or changed without consent from the Irish public with their votes. Hence this year's referendum. Well, actually, there are two. The first concerns the concept of family in the Constitution, and it would alter Articles 41.1.1 and 41.3.1. The second referendum concerns the recognition of care provided by family members to one another. That's in relation to Article 41.2.1 and 41.2.2. Let's go back about 100 years to have a look at how our Constitution came to be. Did you know our constitution, Bunrak Naharan, is actually the longest continually operating Republican constitution within the EU? It's been with us since 1937. So here's Kilkenny historian Davy Holden with a brief look at this. And we actually had an older constitution which was brought in in 1922 under the Irish Free State Government. That was changed in 1934 when Fianna Fáil came to power. They decided to abolish the old 1922 constitution and bring in a brand new one, fresh slate, and that became known as Bunrocht Naharan. In many ways, Bunrocht Naharan can be described as Eamon de Valera's constitution. He hired a small team, which was initially only four men. There's one very famous Waterford man that was known as the architect of the 1937 constitution, and his name was John Ahern. The draft was then finalised and offered up to the vote, or plebiscite, which was held on the 1st of July 1937. The result was actually relatively close, with about 685,000 votes in favour and about 526,000 against. Nonetheless, it came into force on the 29th of December 1937 and has informed all Irish law since. You might not think it's that important or maybe you don't feel the need to vote um, but it's really important to read up about it you know because it is the country that you're living in and if you want to live here long term you should definitely be a part of it you know and make changes that need to be 
made or maybe vote against something that you don't agree with you know it's important to have your your opinion on it whatever your opinion is the world is constantly changing and people have different ideals and things that they want in their country and it's so important to be able to make these changes there you have it the constitution in ireland is vital for irish law and it needs your say on march 8th your vote matters so what do people really think about the proposed changes we sent dana out and about to get the scoop thanks orla i'm here in waterford city I've taken to the streets to find out what people are voting in the upcoming referendum on the 8th of March and if they understand the two proposed changes to the Irish Constitution. I spoke to these people and here's what they said about the upcoming referendum. I know absolutely nothing about it and I've read the the leaflet that came through the door and uh, I think I'm reasonably intelligent but I still didn't understand it so I think it's very confusing. I think they want to widen the definition of family but... They might be inadvertently den- denigrating the role of women, really. You know? I'd probably be voting no, I'd say. I think the, there is no kind of moral basis for them, really. Like, you know, I know the intention is probably good, like, to kind of secure kind of new types of relationships, but, but like, I don't know whether the constitution is the right mechanism for that, you know? I have no idea no. about any of that, no, to be honest. And are you over 18? Yeah. 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 Well, I'm 18. 18, yeah. yeah. And have you registered to vote? Yeah. I haven't yet, no. Okay. So you are registered. Will you vote or will you decide not to vote? I don't know. To be honest, I need to look into it. My mum is making me vote, so okay. I, need to, I need to look into it and see what I want to vote for. So. Very little. Very little. And do you think you'll um, vote? Even I though? will vote, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, day before I'll probably find out a bit more. Suppose I only got one leaflet in the door. That was about the only kind of yeah. thing I've heard about. Just voting no. Just don't understand what they're on about. You know, women in the home. Because I'm at my age. I actually won't be voting. That's for people that are coming up now to decide what they want to do. And it's not that I don't agree or I disagree with either of them, but only it's up to me to tell people how to live their lives. It hasn't been a top priority at the yeah, moment, no. but yeah, well, yeah. Well, if I was going to vote, I would look into it. I wouldn't yeah. just there's vote a lot of, um, There's a lot more crucial things in the country going on with people trying to live, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. week to week, pay their bills without worrying about something that's probably never going to affect us realistically. You know? From what I believe, that the wording of what they're proposing isn't actually quite sound either, so, you know, yeah. you'd wonder about the investment of the return and the, the spend on it. No, I actually haven't heard anything about that, okay. no. Well, have you voted before? No, I haven't. Okay. I just turned uh, 18 recently, so... Okay, and do you think that you will vote in this? Uh, I'd have to look in to see what it is about, whether or not it's something that would affect me uh, personally, but it's just a matter of I haven't heard of anything about it, so... Well, that's the outlook on things from people here in Waterford. Back to you in studio, Orla. Thanks, Dana. Well, whether you're undecided or not, you still need to be registered to vote. Your name must be on the live register for any referendum and election in Ireland. There hasn't been a referendum to vote in a few years. If you've turned 18 in that time or if you never registered before, we find out just what is involved. Well, lads, Lily here. Today I'll be telling you what it was like to register to vote in Ireland for the first time. It's actually pretty straightforward. First of all, you have to be a resident in Ireland and over the age of 18. I turned 18 a couple of months ago, so I was eager to be able to have my say. A lot of my classmates in Minute are the exact same. So when I was in college earlier this week, I asked them why they think it's important. I think that it's important that everyone definitely registers to vote because the process of registering to vote was very easy and everyone deserves their voice to be heard. So I would definitely recommend that everyone registers to vote and have their voice heard. I think it's really important that young people in this country register to vote and not only that, use their vote as well. 
um, because we kind of need to be the change that we want to see. And at the end of the day, it's not affecting anybody else's future, only our own. I think it's important for young people to vote because um, we have to like use our voice to make change and the change is going to inevitably affect us in the future. I think that the referendum is really important for people to get their opinion out, um, to share their belief, particularly for young people because the future is for us really. Now I'm going to tell you how to register. First of all, you go to www.checktheregister.ie. You then need to have your PPS number and other details like your name, address and phone number. Literally, the process took me around five minutes. The application was then sent to my local authority, which is Waterford City and County Council. I then waited for it to be approved. Just a few days ago, I got my voting card. And that's that. Now I'm eligible to vote in Ireland and I can vote again in any future referendums or elections. Although the date has passed to register for the referendum on the 8th of March, you can still register to have your voice heard for the local and European elections this coming June. You've just heard how easy it is, so what's the harm in sparing five minutes to do it? In my view, voting is a powerful way to participate in shaping Ireland's future. It really is that straightforward. Don't forget, it's too late to register to vote for this referendum. The final date has passed, but it's never too late to get registered. Whether you're 18 or 108, you can apply now at www.checktheregister.ie. We've looked at what it means to vote, what it will change and how to get voting. But what about finding reliable, accurate information about the changes and what impact they'll have on people in Ireland? Yes or no or undecided, getting the facts is vital. People who aren't sure how to vote have sometimes looked to celebrities or influencers who might share their beliefs with fans and followers. Beats Michelle Heffernan reminds us of one pretty influential lady who had a real impact on a very large vote. Would you look to a celebrity for voting advice? Did you know Americans have looked to Taylor Swift for advice on how to vote? It's rumoured that Joe Biden's administration is already working on the Taylor strategy ahead of this year's US presidential elections. Back in 2018, 170,000 people registered to vote in just two days after Taylor posted about voting. So what is today? What Tuesday? What what was it that everyone is supposed to do today? Oh yeah, gotta go vote today. A chief exec from America's voting body said that their partnership with Taylor Swift is helping all Americans make their voices heard at the ballot box. And this kind of thing has happened closer to home. In 2018, during Ireland's Eighth Amendment referendum, celebrities like Liam Neeson, Dermot O'Leary and even Niall Horan used their voices to speak up about their political beliefs. So far, no celebrities have come out with their voting intentions for March 8th, but only time will tell. Your Vote Matters, a Beat News referendum special. Welcome back to our Beat News special on the upcoming referendums on March 8th. In part one, we looked at what it means to change the constitution and registering to vote for the first time. Now, Jolene takes a look at why you must take responsibility in this digital age to source factual information when making up your mind on how to vote. How do I know this information is true? Who's telling it to me? Why are they telling me? Do they have an agenda? Is there some way I can independently check? 
That's Judge Marie Baker from the Electoral Commission, a state body that oversees elections and referendums in Ireland. She says people need to be careful of misinformation and has urged voters to get theirs from reliable sources. People should ask themselves whether what they're reading is an opinion or a fact. And and that's important because a lot of what's been said to date is opinion. And obviously debate is generally around people's opinions. To help voters decide, booklets were sent to over 2 million homes in the weeks leading up to March 8th, explaining the issues and outlining how you can weigh up fact from fiction. We've set out, I think, some good questions in the booklet. How do I know this is true? Who's telling me? Have they produced any evidence? Media Literacy Ireland's vision is for all Irish people to be empowered with skills and confidence to access and evaluate content and services across all platforms. I chatted to Eileen Cullity from Media Literacy Ireland to ask why is media awareness so important around larger campaigns? We know that in elections and votes across Europe, every single one in the past year has been surrounded by false claims about how you can vote, about people trying to buy votes and things like that. So we need to be very alert to this in Ireland and go to the Electoral Commission. Their entire function is to provide impartial and correct information. To find out more, head over to www.electoralcommission.ie. Eileen had this advice for those waiting till the final days to make their decision. So if you are leaving it to the last minute, you do need to go and look at the Electoral Commission. What is the objective information? It's not taking a position and telling you what to think. You have to go and look for those reliable sources rather than looking at online where you're very likely to encounter lots of rumours that are taking advantage of the last stages. Now it's time to look at the first change to the constitution we are being asked to vote on. Rachel talks us through the one that deals with the family and relationships and whether these families and relationships are founded on marriage or not. So this week we're being asked to vote on what's being called the family amendment. Right now, the constitution recognises the centrality of the family unit in society and protects the family founded on marriage. The proposed change will add other durable relationships to marriage as the natural, primary and fundamental unit group of society. While they're also proposing to change the other, which states that family is founded on marriage, to be amended so that the family is no longer founded on marriage in the eyes of the law. Social Democrats councillor Mary Roach from Waterford is advocating for a yes vote on Friday. I don't think there will be any harm done. Uh, I don't think what we will get if we wake up on the morning of the 9th and there's a yes vote is any worse. It will include a lot more people in terms of taking the gendered and dated and theocratic language out of our constitution. But do I think that people will have any extra rights either? No, I don't. Do I think the referendums go far enough? No, I don't. You know, as we saw in the High Court case recently, in the O'Mara case, Single parent families or families who might think that they have a family uh, or a family or common law rights, they don't actually exist in Ireland. Uh, Now, the gentleman in question has been given the widow's pension, but the High Court did come down and say he wasn't actually recognised as a family, even though he had lived for 20 years with his partner uh, by the time she died. So I think it's important that we expand that definition to include all varieties of family um, and non-single parents, uh, single mothers, single fathers, for example, aren't described legally as a family under our constitution. The O'Mara case, as mentioned there, was the case of Tipperary man John O'Mara. 
Earlier this year, he went all the way to the Supreme Court to fight his exclusion from the widower's contributory pension. His long-term partner, Michelle, passed away in 2021. They shared three children together. However, as they were never married, John wasn't entitled to the pension. He's since won his case. While AIM2 and Wexford councillor Jim Codd is advocating for a no vote. What is a durable relationship? My postman for the last 20 years, is that a durable relationship? The Supreme Court will be left to decide. We don't know what the implications will be. I particularly wonder about the plight of farming families and the inheritance of land. I represent a, a rural district and I think we need, we need, we need clarity on this. Councillor Codd also questioned how much this referendum will cost, considering the last one in 2018. In 2018, it cost £15 million, and I, I imagine it will cost more now. At the same time, I'm told that the roads of Wexford need nothing less than £200 million to bring them up to a passable standard, and every day I'm told that cars are being broken up in our rural districts on the bad roads. So I would be of the opinion that we would be better spending the colossal millions that this will cost on our roads or housing. Both sides are having their say before Friday the 8th election. And if you want to find out more on what you want to vote for, you can visit electoralcommission.ie. Now here's Jade with the second change the Irish people are being asked to vote on. It concerns care in the home and whether that should be extended to include any family member rather than just the mother. We are being asked whether we want to change the constitution to remove the reference to women in the home and broaden it to include care provided by family members. This would be the 40th amendment to our constitution with two changes proposed. At the moment, the constitution states that by her life within the home, woman gives to the state a support without which the common good cannot be achieved. Mothers shall not be obliged by economic necessity to engage in labour to the neglect of their duties in the home. Should we vote yes, parts of Article 41.2 would be deleted and a new Article 42b would be inserted. This would state... The state recognises that the provision of care by members of a family to one another by reason of the bonds that exist among them gives to society a support without which the common good cannot be achieved and shall strive to support such provision. Now here's someone who's pushing for a yes vote. I'm Shay Franklin and I'm a long-time member of the Men's Development Network. I'm seeing it that it is including more people, that it is being explicit about saying it's not just mothers that have the responsibility. These are all in this, you know. Over the years, I've sat with men who are carers and go through the same kind of struggles. You know, and I've sat with men and women in the same space who are family carers, taking care of children with difficulties or older people with difficulties. And they all go through the same anger, loss, you know, isolation, you know, whether they're men or they're women. And to be recognised as a carer is absolutely important. I think it would be something beyond a pat on the head of recognition, but it also kind of stiffens their resolve to say, oh, I'm included now, I'm here. And it gives me a place to stand in terms of fighting for whatever I need, whether it is respite or better support or whatever else, but it gives me a place to stand. And here's the other side, someone who's pushing for a no vote. 
My name is Catherine Monaghan and I have an 18-year-old son and I'm a stay-at-home mother. I feel very strongly that while the language as it is, is a bit archaic, and I know a lot of people uh, see it as a bit sexist. It is a recognition of the role that women and mothers play in the home. I mean, we know that over 90% of the work of caring is done by women, and we know that 69% of women say that they would choose to stay at home with their children if they could. As it stands, the state has an obligation to actually support women in doing this, not that it actually meets that obligation. Um, But I would rather keep that in Or, you know, if we had had a change such as, you know, adding other primary caregivers or fathers, I would vote yes to that. But I am not okay with just removing mothers and women entirely from that article. And I think also it's important for people to be aware that even though a lot of the the narrative from, you know, NGOs and the media is that this article says uh, that the woman's place is in the home, that is not the case. There's been several Supreme Court judges who have clarified that over the years. It does not say that a woman's place is in the home. It merely says that the state recognises the work that mothers do in the home and endeavours to support them. You can find out more about the referendum and its effects at citizensinformation.ie. We've heard from both sides and a little bit about what it might mean, but is it all just words or would a change have any practical implications? Aoife speaks to the legal experts to find out. People's personal views may vary on the family and care referendums. Either way, though, you probably still want to know how would things change for me if the Constitution were to change? Cue the lawyers. Suzanne Parker is a practicing solicitor in the Southeast. She says changing what the state recognises as the family unit will likely have a significant impact in legal terms, given the emphasis placed on marriage in our current constitution. So many things have always been enshrined in the constitution around marriage. And so much has come out of that, like people's inheritance rights, like wills, like property, and all of those things that like a married couple has always, always been seen as one. But now, if you've got a durable couple, also having a constitutional right to be seen. With that, and you don't know, maybe they'll come out and say that a durable couple or a durable relationship partner is not getting the same rights. And then why did we put it in the Constitution? They did give us definitions of qualified cohabitants and what that means. You've got to be together for two years with children or four or five years. You know, so they're there and they've given definition on this. Why can't they do the same with this? Suzanne says, in reality, much remains to be seen and would have to be played out in the courts. Everyone is entitled to get married or not, but just what will it mean? Put the the, the framework in place for it. It's going to be down to probably the courts, and we're going to have to put our trust in the courts. Like, would both of these are change needed? Yes, probably. The country has come on so much since Bunratnair, and so putting change in will lead to greater good, but what actual good or what will happen from this, I think is uncertain. Dr. Jennifer Kavanagh is a lecturer in constitutional law at the Southeast Technological University. She says to understand what these constitutional changes would mean, you need to understand what is known as the separation of powers. When you look at the constitution, the main theory that is there is what's known as the separation of powers. Not powers down a nightclub that are having a fight amongst each other because there's so many powers in Waterford. But essentially what it is, there's three boxes. The courts are in one box, the cabinet is in another, and the legislature, the Dáil and the Shannon are in another. And essentially, it's keeping them in their boxes. If Mrs Murphy is caring for people under, say, the new provision, if it gets voted in, it would be very hard for her to go to the courts and say, I need more money from the government to do this care thing. 
because essentially all these social welfare allowances, they come from the Department of Social Protection. And the judges don't ever like being in a position where they are being asked to tell Social Protection to pay more money because they can't. That's government policy. So if that's the case, how will these changes actually make a difference? Well, Dr. Kavanagh says as a political charter, the Constitution is an important marker of who and what people believe are important in our society. And that's why we even got this provision in about economic necessity and women working outside the home, because it was symptomatic of 1930s Ireland and Deb's idea of the comely maidens dancing at the crossroads. And she says there's one way people can leave their own mark on the Constitution. Even if you just want to do what they did in the presidential election one year and write in Dustin, use your vote. Because especially for women, think of the suffragettes, enough women died for us to get a right to vote. So let's just exercise it. So there you have it. And the countdown is on. In less than a week, you can have your say on the family and care referendums this coming International Women's Day, Friday the 8th of March. So if you want your two cents to be heard, be sure to show up.